Hello there, Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson. Yes, one more time. One more time. Thanks for coming in today. I know that uh, you, you had a bit of a hairy situation over the weekend. Well, yeah, going home yesterday from the station. Uh, did the show here, Hal Anderson Weekends, and then I'm heading home, and I'm merging onto St. Mary's Road off of Dunkirk, and bam, from behind, get rear-ended, and, man, she was moving, and I had just sort of turned my head to the left, you know, to kind of look over my shoulder to see if there was traffic coming, and I'll tell you, I've been hit a few times. I've had a couple accidents, but that was the first where I kind of went, whoa, where am I? You know, for a little while, the lights were out, like not literally out, but, mm-hmm. you know, for a, and then probably 10 or 15 minutes of just, okay, and and I'm hurting today. My back is sore today. So, yeah, scary situation. Pay attention. I mean, I don't know what was going on with her, but pay attention out there, people. We'll maybe discuss that a little bit more sure. after because I have a, a road rage story. I was the, the t- I, I incited someone's rage yesterday. You, you incited someone's rage. Yeah. Someone uh, didn't get you fired up. Yeah, I mean Brett Smash. I was well, I was angry, but I this guy was way more angry. It was wow. uh, it was comical, uh, bordering on insane. So okay. we'll, tell, we'll find some time to tell that story. All right. We're also going to hear from Greg Mackling. He's just texting me right right now. Oh, He's golfing. Must be nice, eh? He is at the golf course at for the Blue Bombers. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So he's going to join us in five minutes. But before we do that, we we should. Get an update from what's going on in Houston. Well, yes, uh, Houston and really all of Texas after Hurricane Harvey. uh, Joining us now with the very latest uh, after that hurricane is Global News' Jackson Prosco. Jackson. Well, we understand that Texas has now mobilized its entire National Guard. That's 12,000 troops who will be deployed to help with the rescue and recovery operations. Keep in mind, it's still raining very heavily here in Houston today with high winds as well, and that is hampering the recovery efforts. And they're still going door to door and they're still finding people who've been trapped now for days in their homes by high water. Uh, in some cases, it's up to the roofs of houses. They're having to pluck people by helicopters. Uh, everyday people, not just rescue officials, are now pulling out their boats and going door to door and doing what they can to try and assist in this operation. It's a massive effort. It's in many ways led and being driven by volunteers uh, because right now Houston is so paralyzed that rescue crews are having a hard time making it into the city. Can you describe the scene at the convention center and shelter. We spent a few hours at Houston's Convention Center this morning, and it has been turned into an emergency shelter by the Red Cross. They have a capacity for 5,000 people. This just opened yesterday. Uh, When we were there, it was already at 2,900 people, and bus after bus after bus was coming in and bringing more people in. What you see when people arrive at the shelter is oftentimes they don't have anything but the clothes on their back, and oftentimes that's just the clothes they were sleeping in because they were caught off guard and woken up in the middle of the night as the floodwaters entered their homes. Uh, A lot of people who are barefoot or just in socks, they don't even have shoes with them. Uh, We actually saw a heartbreaking scene as a dump truck pulled up. Uh, We saw a few people in the back, and they brought a ladder out to help unload them, and we realized there was actually an elderly man in a wheelchair. He was 86 years old. His adult daughter was with him, and she said she spent... a day on the side of the highway trying to flag down someone who would bring them to safety in the city, but she said she had a hard time finding someone who was willing to take her father in a wheelchair. She broke down at arriving at the uh, convention center. She was just so relieved to be out of the storm and somewhere where she'll be safe, but understandably her home and everything in it is gone and she has no sense of how long uh, she'll be in some sort of shelter for. And Jackson, how many people have been impacted? 
Well, FEMA now says that 450,000 people are expected to apply for some sort of disaster assistance and relief when this is all over, but that number could easily skyrocket. Remember, the storm is still going here. It's still raining. We're not going to have a full assessment of the flooding and the damage for days here because the water is still rising. Uh, some expectations are that up to 30,000 people may now be evacuated and find their way into shelters, and that number could still go higher depending on how high the waters rise. That is Global Nationals Jackson Prosco reporting from Texas in the wake of Hurricane Harvey over the weekend. We're just seeing really scary stuff on CNN. Crazy just stuff. Eh? The, the amount of water that is in the streets is... Uh, yeah. Often these hurricanes, you know, they'll blow through with big winds. It hit land as a Category 4, so it had the big winds. But very quickly, uh, quickly it went down to a Category 1 and then a tropical storm. But it just sat there and rained and rained and rained. And so they literally are measuring the rain in feet instead of inches. It's crazy. Crazy. So yeah. we'll be uh, continuing to update that story throughout the afternoon on 680 CJOB. Uh, but in the meantime, and I think I see Jeff Forte on the phone, he is getting Greg Mackling on the line. Oh, not yet. So we're going to wait for... <laughs> <laughs> well, he is golfing, really, you know. I mean, how dare we interrupt him at the Bomber Tournament? Yeah, Greg Mackling is at Southwood Golf Course, which I have never been to, so I'm curious to know. Beautiful. Just for... Uh, you've been out there? I have been. I've never played it, but I have been there. It's beautiful out there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I have been there. I yeah. was there for... A wedding, right? Yeah, I a lot of people have been to, A lot of people have been there for a wedding. Okay. Yeah. We're, I'm told that Greg Mackling is now joining us live. Hi, Greg. Oh, hi, Brett. <laughs> Where are you? This is... Oh, this is hard work. I'm, I can't... Uh, looking for my ball. I'm looking for my ball out in the fescue. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm almost back in Winnipeg here. I hit the ball so far right. Did you slice it or hook it? Slice it or hook it? Uh, Well, I'm left-handed, so I don't know how. I think it's sliced. You are so so full of it. I just heard the beer cart girl go, what would you like? (laughs) You are not looking for your ball, you liar. <laughs> Sorry, you guys, it's theater of the mind. Oh it's my god, that's crooked. <laughs> so what are games? I have to get my I'm I'm getting my picture taken here with uh Brent Williamson, Bob Irving, Steve Dubois, and Weston Dressler, who is our captain today, our celebrity captain. This is just a great event, you guys. Sorry you're not here with us. So what is the event? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yes, the commentary was awesome. So we're at the Blue Bomber uh, Golf Tournament. It's their annual tournament. All the players get out here. Uh, lots of sponsors, some fans here. It's a fantastic day, as you guys know. It's almost 30 degrees, and they have put together a first-class event, a great lunch, bomber memorabilia for you to select from. It's just a fantastic, fantastic event. And so does everybody get to golf with one of the bombers? Like you guys have Dressler. Does every team get to uh, golf with a, a bomber? Yeah, every every foursome has a blue bomber. So uh, whoever has Justin Medlock is probably going to have a very good chance at winning this whole thing because <laughs> Medlock is pretty good. Weston's just shaking his head. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> We're we're on the winning team here, boys. We're on the winning team here. All right, and uh, the coaches' show is being broadcast live from Southwood as well tonight, right? That's right, yeah. So Bob and Mike O'Shea will talk about last week's game, the overtime win over Montreal, and then get things started. Can you believe it's Labor Day? Yeah, that's nuts. Coming up this weekend already, guys? Oh, I mean, 
it's been such a beautiful summer and September has been a spectacular month for the last uh, two or three years. Let's hope it continues. Uh, but yeah, we'll get things set up for you. Uh, from Southwood, uh, Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving, 7 o'clock, hoping to have calls and texts. That's all up to Mike, guys, and if we can the, get uh, the text messages well, set up. I'll tell you right now, the text messages are already coming in, questions for Bob and Coach. So there you go. Hopefully you guys can get them out there. That sounds great, you guys. Hey, Hal, thanks again for uh, filling in today. I really appreciate it. It's a real honor to have been asked to come out here today and I appreciate you filling in today. Ah, no, are you kidding? Love it. Yeah, it's been great filling in for you, but everybody will be glad to have you back tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know about everybody, but uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll thank you for that. All right, pal. Boys, we'll catch up with you later. I got to go uh, knock this one in from about 40 feet. My teammates let me down. Nobody uh, got it onto the dance floor, as we say, so <laughs> I got to go save the team. Here. All right, yeah. All right, but, Greg Mackling, thanks a lot, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Cheers, right. guys. Greg Mackling joining us live from Southwood Golf Course for the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Annual Tournament. And we'll hear some more from Greg throughout the afternoon. And in the meantime, we're going to talk a little bit more about our vehicular insanity yesterday. Hal getting hit from yeah. behind, and then I made a guy mad, and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll tell that story after your forecast, which is up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling. Mackling is at Southwood Golf Course with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and we'll, he'll be back in the saddle tomorrow. Still to come this afternoon, we're going to have our uh, bi-weekly visit with Kelly Keene. She is an award-winning author, personal finance educator, and consumer advocate for the Financial Planning Standards Council. She's going to join us after 2 o'clock to talk about what happens if you find yourself the victim of fraud. There's yeah. a couple from Winnipeg. They had their uh, they had a guy's wallet gets stolen, Visa card gets racked up, and the bank isn't going to, they don't want to refund him. They don't want Crazy. to reverse the charges. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. We've also got stuff to give away. WSO, the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, is teaming up with Arrival from Sweden for the music of ABBA. So we'll give those tickets away a little bit later on. That's happening in September at the Centennial Concert Hall. But right now, I want to talk, tell you this road rage story. Yes, now. I want to hear this. My my story is just a little, it's a, a you know a little fender bender. Everything's fine, but I want to hear your road rage story. So I'm coming back from Kingswood Golf Course, which if you don't know where it is, it's in LaSalle, so it's southwest. So I have to take the perimeter to to head out there, and then perimeter on the way back. So, and then I'm hang a left on Keniston. So I'm going east on the perimeter, right. and then I turn left to get on Keniston, and now I'm heading north on Keniston. So I'm in the left lane. There is a guy in a black Mercedes coupe. I can see this, and he's, I can see him coming up. He's speeding. The speed limit there is 80. He is exceeding the speed limit, and yeah. I can see what he's trying to do because he was weaving in and out of cars. There is a, a van pulling a trailer in front of me, and there's uh, there was a car right beside it, and they were going the speed limit. Yeah. But I could tell, I think this guy is going to try to, he's going to come in and, and cut me off, I bet, and he's going to try to weave through these two. And there were, I bet you there was maybe three car lengths between me and this trailer in front. In all honesty, I was probably riding a little too close. Sure. I think I partly did that because I could tell what this guy was going to Yeah, be. you're trying to maybe convince him not to give it a shot. Yeah. Right. So he does it anyway. He, he jumps in. I wouldn't say he cut me off. He just sort of fly went in between me and this trailer in front of me. Pushed his way in. And I thought, what are you, I just thought, what are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah. So all I did was I threw my arms up kind of in disgust. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was 
mildly cursing and swearing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I had my fist pumped. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't laying on the horn or anything. Yeah, I just kind of threw my arms up and said, what are you doing, man? Come yeah. on, like... We're going. We're really, doing the speed that, limit. That, that behavior gets you no further down the road. No, none at all. So he clearly saw my reaction. So he violently veers back into the right lane, like almost drove himself off the road. He veered so hard. Wow! And he dropped back. He almost slammed on his brakes so that he could drop back. So I pull up beside him. <laughs> He's got his window down. I didn't have my window down, and I just look over. I could hear him screaming at me through my window. Again, we're doing 80 on Keniston. He is, he reminded me of like a dog with a chew toy, kind of, you know, when the dogs go, <laughs> yeah. he, what, I could see his veins popping out of his forehead, yeah. out of his neck. He was mm. completely turned red. I, I didn't hear what he said. I would imagine there were uh, certain F words yeah. that were being uttered. And, uh, and then he drove up. I thought he was going to leave me alone. And then he dropped back again to scream at me some more. Jeez. And I thought, I don't really know how to react to this. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to give him the finger. I kind of want to get into it. But if that, if me throwing my arms up. Got him worked up like that, yeah. What would he do if I actually Mm -hmm. decided to fight back? So I just wanted to put it out there. Black Mercedes coupe. If you know. You're a jerk. You know, (laughs) white guy with with dark hair and a goatee (laughs) driving a black Mercedes coupe. Yeah. And I also thought, this it, it, it looked like a kind of car that a drug dealer would would drive. Yeah. You know, you see those yeah. cars and you think, that's a drug dealer car. Or a pimp <laughs> is driving that car. He's got this black Mercedes coupe with the tinted windows. Judgmental Judy over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I backed off and then I think I made everybody else mad because I dropped down to like 70. I just yeah, wanted just to. just avoid the guy. I just yeah. put, a, put some distance in between. And I think one of the reasons why I didn't want to get into it with him is because it reminded me of a, a situation. Like, I used to get bad road rage. I know. I've heard you talk about that on the air before. Just brutal road rage. And huh. uh, there was a story a few years ago where I'm driving up Osborne. So I'm heading southbound on Osborne. I'm going home at the time. I lived in St. Vitell. And I, you're, you're probably familiar with this. Anybody who has to drive up Osborne, it's sometimes it feels like a game of Frogger. Yep. Right, where people, if you're in the left lane, you're Mm -hmm. you're, eventually you're going to have to stop and wait for somebody who has to turn left. So people are always trying to leapfrog each other. So this this guy in a pickup truck, he decides to cut me off. There were there was honestly a car length. There was enough room for his truck. So he cuts me off. He could have just waited like five seconds. I think there were maybe one or two cars behind me. He could have just waited. But no, he cuts me off. So I got angry and I, I handled it with, uh, I'm really ashamed of all of this. So I'm not, I just want to make it clear I am not endorsing yeah. <laughs> my behavior. You didn't get out with a golf club or anything, did you? <laughs> no, well, uh, almost, <laughs> because I decided to, the way that I reacted was I got mad and I raced ahead and cut him off. Yeah. So we spent the rest of the way driving up Osborne and Dunkirk, cutting each other we went off. to each other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so finally we get to... Bishop Grandin, I've already, I've missed my turn at this point <laughs> because <laughs> now it's just the principle of it, eh? <laughs> so we get to Bishop Grandin and St. Mary's. I'm in front. It's, uh, it's, I'm in the turning lane. It's a red light. He's right behind me, and I look in my mirror, and he's getting out. He gets out of his truck. Oh wow! And I thought, oh my God, I got I didn't want to fight, but I figured I gotta at least take a stand so he knows. Yeah. So he and he was marching towards me, but once I got out and puffed up my chest, because I'm a big guy, yeah. he sort of stopped and we yelled at each other for a little bit. And I thought, well, that was that 
should not have escalated the way it did. Mm-hmm. So that's when when yesterday happened. I thought, yeah, I want to get into it, yeah, but I you. don't think I should. Good for you. And I've been in situations like that, too, before where you get angry, but I don't uh, try and carry it on anymore, right? I make my point, whatever that is, you know, if I have the opportunity to roll down my window and say, hey, like I don't, you know, swear or, you know, get violent or threaten violence or anything, but I make my point, And then sometimes people don't like that. And then they get worked up. And so there was a time when maybe I wouldn't be the one to blink, but I blink now. I'll give you a quick example the other night. And this frustrates me more than anything. I'm dropping off. Actually, I'm picking up my wife and her mother at the Phantom of the Opera. And you know how basically you can do, you can park in front of the a concert hall. Yep. And then there's like one lane of cars that go by. So you kind of have to you know, stop, let one guy go ahead of you. You know, everybody's got to take turns. And this guy is, is uh, he's in a cab, and he pulls up alongside of me, and uh, he's not going to let me in. I've got my signal on. We're moving like two miles an hour. Like, <laughs> let me in, right? And he goes, no. And I thought, this isn't right. So I rolled down my window. The woman, the, the cab is full of people that just left the show. The woman in the front goes, I paid for this cab. I guess trying to justify, you know, I'm moving because I paid for this cab. And I said, hey. Not, I don't have a beef with you. I want to talk to the, and I'm doing air quotes here, the professional driver (laughs) who could have easily let me in. And I just said, all I said was, when it was down on their side, and mine came down, and I said, hey, if we're all going to get out of here quick, we got to take turns. Yeah. That's all I said. But you're right. It's frustrating out there when people don't do what they should do, and then, but, but good on you for not carrying it on and going, I'll blink and, you know. Because yeah, obviously I, the guy's got somewhere to be, I guess, that he thinks it's... But we have to remember we're moving with these vehicles. They're thousands and thousands of pounds. Mm-hmm. They're moving at high speeds. It's it's not worth it. No. Right? It's yeah. just not worth it. Yeah, I never know... Uh, I. I don't know what it is about being behind the wheel that just makes a temper that makes blood boil so instantaneously. And I should have pulled some tape from it. Uh, if you ever get a chance, look up Louis C.K.'s bit on Road Rage. It is. It might be my favorite piece of comedy because it is me. Like it, It's yeah. almost like he's describing me perfectly because you become a different person when you're behind the wheel and you say the most horrible things. Well, at least I do. Or used to say the most horrible things that you would never say to people and just walking down the street so just look it up louis ck road rage just a a quick text message if i can brett that beep obviously has a bigger bank account than an iq there is satisfaction knowing that his inability to drive civilly will cost him in fines insurance etc indeed thank you mick appreciate that coming up to global news on 680 cjob brett mcgarry with hal anderson filling in for greg mackling for one more day yep Still to come, I got to review Phantom of the Opera. We'll yes, do that later do. on. I saw it on Friday. It was, the short review is it was spectacular. Mm. I'll give you more details on that after. Something that wasn't spectacular from what I can tell from reading the reviews is the, the MTV Video Music Awards. The VMAs, yeah. I realize that this is something that is, it targets a younger audience, but I mean, I used to, this was like the as far as pop culture events go mm. the, or awards shows. This used to be my one. favorite mm-hmm. um, when I was a teenager and was actually paid attention to to what was going on in music. Yeah. I didn't. I forgot it was on. I thought it was next week for some reason. So I I, I try to at least kind of half pay attention to it. And it sounds like that's sort of what you did. But you found something really important. Well, yeah, I think it's worth talking about, and that's why we're talking about it. But I, uh, I the same thing. I walked into the living room after doing some work in the office, and my wife is watching. She's kind of got them on in the background. And 
I said, oh, what's, what's this? And she goes, oh, this is Logic in his, in his song, 1-800-273-8255. And you'll say, well, what kind of a title for a song is that? That's actually the Suicide Prevention Hotline uh, in the U.S., 1-800-273-8255. And by the way, I just tried it. It works here in Canada. And so uh, I come in halfway through Logic's performance, and there are other people involved too, but he basically has suicide survivors all around the stage wearing T-shirts with the number. And it was just really powerful. And my wife says, uh, well, you got to see the video. So we'll talk about that more in a second. Here, first of all, is uh, Kesha introducing Logic and his song, 1-800-273-8255. It has been said that if you knew who walked beside you, you could never experience fear or doubt again. Every so often, a rare and important song and video come along that lets us know how true that is. The moving piece of film and music that is the video for 1-800-273-8255 brought me to tears. The truth is piercing and the truth is what matters. And the truth is that none of us are alone. It takes great courage to show the vulnerable side of being human. And we all have that vulnerable side. Whatever you are going through, however dark it may seem, there is an undeniable truth and strength in the fact that you are not alone. We all have struggles. And as long as you never give up on yourself, light will break through the darkness. <laughs> the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available to you 24-7 if you're in crisis or concerned about someone who might be. Just dial 1-800-273-8255. All right, so then Logic comes out, and he performs the song. And at the end of the song, he kind of gives a speech. I'll, I'll just call it a speech or a, or a rant or his thoughts. So what I've done is I've got a bit of this song, and then it'll go into what he said at the end of his performance, okay? So we don't have to spend, you know, five minutes here. Um, but it's uh, an interesting, the words in this first verse are actually somebody calling the hotline and they want to commit suicide. The words you're about to hear sung by Logic at the VMAs last night are actual words of somebody calling the hotline wanting to commit suicide. Some of the song and then you'll hear Logic at the end of his performance here. I've been on a low, I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. Who can relate? Woo! I've been on a low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't want to be alive I don't want to be alive I just want to die today I just want to die I don't want to be alive I don't want to be alive I just want to die And let me tell you why All this other shit I'm they think they know it. I've been praying for somebody to say me no one's heroic. And my life don't even matter. I know it. I know it. I know I'm hurting deep down, but can't show it. I never had a place to call my own. I never had a home. Ain't nobody calling my phone. Where you been? Where you at? What's on your mind? They say every life precious, but nobody care about mine. I've been on the low. I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel like my life ain't I want 
so much for giving me a platform to talk about something that mainstream media doesn't want to talk about. Mental health, anxiety, suicide, depression, and so much more that I talk about on this album. From racism, discrimination, sexism, domestic violence, sexual assault, and so much more. I don't give a damn if you're black, white, or any color in between. I don't care if you're Christian, you're Muslim, you're gay, you're straight. I am here to fight for your equality because I believe that we are all born equal, but we are not treated equally, and that is why we must fight. We must fight for the equality of every man, woman, and child, regardless of race, religion, color, creed, and sexual orientation. So I say here and now, if you believe in this message and my message of peace, love, and positivity and equality for all, then I demand that you rise to your feet and applaud not only for yourselves, but for the foundation we are laying for our children. Just really, uh, listen, it's the MTV VMAs, but really powerful song, really powerful performance, all those suicide survivors around him uh, on stage. And then his speech at the end, I was just like, this is incredible. This is crazy because I think we can all think back to, and it's not just young people that deal with, you know, thoughts of suicide, but I think we can all think back to when, and you listen to those words, right? And you think, yeah, sure. I went through times in my uh, younger days when you thought, man, when's this going to end, you know, and just feelings of being lost and desperation and all that kind of stuff. So my wife says, oh, you think that's bad? You got to watch the video. Well, the video is really like a movie. The song's four minutes. The video is about seven or or eight minutes. And I watched it, and I'm crying. And I shared it with Brett, and I come in the newsroom, and Brett's watching the video, and he's crying. (laughs) Go and and see this video. Again, the song is 1-800-273-8255. It's on the album uh, called uh, Everybody, I think. Yes, Everybody, Logic. And there are other people on this song with him, including a Canadian who's who's really good. So it's it's not even about whether you're into that music or whether you're into, you know, the VMAs on Much Music, the Video Music Awards. It's really about, you know, suicide and an issue that if we just have some compassion for each other, we can maybe, you know, take that person away from the edge and and, and help them through those tough times just by being good human beings. The first time I heard the song, I was driving. It was a Sunday morning, and I was trying. It always goes back to golf. I was driving to the golf course, <laughs> and I'm flipping through the radio uh, stations, and I and I just happened to I hear the introduction to it, and I thought, well, this sounds interesting, yeah. and uh, I listened to the song. The song actually made me kind of cry a little yeah. bit because it was just so powerful, and and it, I I liked that it it was. It was just completely overt. Like, it wasn't like mm. a poem. Yeah, right. It was just, this is the message, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's clear. And it it, it really, it moved me. And uh, then, like you said, when you sent me the video, <laughs> I was reluctant to open it because I thought, oh, boy, I know I know how this song makes me react. What is it going to do yeah. when it's accompanied by images? Well, and then it doesn't help when I walk into the, you know, over to see Brett. I had him a couple papers or whatever. Brett's got his clinics there, and he's trying to keep it low-key, and I'm everybody is in the newsroom, and I'm going, you okay, man? I, I didn't say that, but I just went, hey, I had the same reaction, bud. Don't feel bad. Because I wear my heart on my sleeve just like you do. I've, I've heard you many times on the air 
uh, you know, talking about things in your life that, that got you emotional or, or subjects or issues that you, you know, felt really strongly about. So I, that's one of the things I love about Brett McGarry, and, and I'm kind of the same way, so I guess I can understand. But I saw that last night, and I just thought, yeah, you know, maybe most of the people listening to CGOB right now didn't even know they were on. And it's not about the music or the, you know, the show or did you watch or not. It's about an issue that, you know, listen, if it's, uh, you know, it, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a, a child out there, doesn't matter how old you are or who who you are, suicide, you know, as I told you, Brett, as I listened last night and watched the video and stuff, I, I thought of a couple guys I went to high school with that, that committed suicide, you know, and I just remember thinking at the time, wow, like, how does it get that how does it get that desperate for somebody that they feel like that's a better option? But, you know, there's many reasons why people have those thoughts, and I just think this is great. I mean, he names the song 1-800-273-8255, right? I mean, we just keep saying that over and over again. When they introduce the song on the radio, they got to say it. It's just really important, powerful stuff. And as you heard Logic there say, you know, mainstream media doesn't talk about it. I'm proud of the fact that we talk about issues like that on CGOB a lot of the time, you know, that we talk about stuff that maybe it's hard to talk about or awkward or, you know, just really great stuff. So good on MTV, good on Logic, you know, I think this is great. And, and he's gone around and he talks in, in a couple of articles I've read about how he goes around and, and talks to fans and they tell him, you saved my life, your song saved my life, you know, which is just very cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful song. The music video actually has some familiar faces in it. Don Cheadle is yeah. in it. Uh, Nolan Gould, who plays Luke on Modern Family, right. is in it. Matthew Modine. It's an incredible little story of uh, of a young man struggling with his sexuality and yeah. uh, the process of coming out. And it leads him to the brink. It leads him to the edge of the abyss, so to speak. And mm. it's just an incredible story to accompany this great song and uh, good for MTV which by all accounts as far as the show is concerned yeah it wasn't very good eh that's getting terrible reviews that kind of makes me sad because I used to love the MTV VMAs so much and I stopped paying attention I think when probably when they the music channel stopped yeah. playing playing, music playing actual music yeah um but it sounds like like I, I remember I watched it last year for the first time in a few years, I actually sat down and just watched the VMAs all mm-hmm. the way through. Yeah. And the, some of the performances were incredible. Beyonce did like a 15-minute yeah. performance last year, and it was just sensational. But the, the hosting was, it was the, well, it was the Katie, worst show. Katy Perry was hosting last night, and I didn't get much of that. I, 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 I tried to watch one clip of her, mm. and I turned it off after about five seconds. And I, I, like, Katie, I like Katy Perry, but she shouldn't have been hosting last no, night. No, that no. was an odd, uh, an odd decision. And if you're doing a music show, where you've got bands and artists that are performing, you would think the sound should be important. Horrible sound. Like when they were performing, I'm like, this is brutal, you know? But anyhow. Yeah, MTV's got to get their get their stuff together. But at yeah. the very least, they put this song on the air with Logic and allowed yeah. him, give him a platform to deliver the message. Now, I don't know if we have time or not. You tell me. This is your show. But it was interesting. Robert Lee was there. He was one of the uh, descendants of the Confederate general that's sort of at the center of a lot of controversy right now. And he introduced Susan Bro, oh. who is Heather Heyer's mother, who was killed in Charlottesville. You want to hear that? Yes. Have we got two minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Robert Lee, this is a, a descendant of the Confederate general. This guy's a pastor. He introduces Susan bro 
Heather hires mom. I thought this as well was was kind of cool of uh, MTV at the VMAs to do this last night. First Robert Lee and then Susan Bro, Heather hires mom. My name is Robert Lee IV. I'm a descendant of Robert E. Lee, the Civil War general whose statue was at the center of violence in Charlottesville. We have made my ancestor an idol of white supremacy, racism, and hate. As a pastor, it is my moral duty to speak out against racism, America's original sin. Today, I call on all of us with privilege and power to answer God's call to confront racism and white supremacy head on. We can find inspiration in the Black Lives Matter movement, the women who marched in the Women's March in January, and especially Heather Heyer who died fighting for her beliefs in Charlottesville. It is my distinct honor to introduce Susan Bro, Heather Heyer's mother, who is continuing to magnify Heather's work. Only 15 days ago, my daughter Heather was killed as she protested racism. I miss her, but I know she's here tonight. I have been deeply moved to see people across the world, the whole world, find inspiration in her courage. Today, I'm announcing the launch of the Heather Heyer Foundation. A nonprofit organization that will provide scholarships to help more people join Heather's fight against hatred. Please visit our website to help me make Heather's death count. So there you go. Uh, MTV MVAs last night, Music Video Awards. And I've told you this, Brett, and I've said it on the year before, but I think it's really cool when uh, people that have fame or power or money or all three uh, use all of that to try and make a difference. And I think that's an example with the song that we talked about and Robert Lee, right, his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Confederate general, whatever that would be, great, 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 great grandfather. Um, you know, and even Susan Bro, Heather Heyer's mom coming, you know, two weeks after her daughter is killed in that horrible way. And I just think it's really cool and people do stuff like that because it does make a difference. And you and I talking about it today makes a difference. It is coming up to time to have a look at your forecast. So we will do that up next. Brett McGarry filling in with Hal Anderson, who's in for Greg Mackling for one more day. Greg mm-hmm. is back tomorrow. Greg's at the uh, golf tournament, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Golf Tournament at Southwood Golf Course. That's where the coaches show is going to be broadcast from live tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, big one tonight because, it's, of course, it's the Labor Day Classic yes. coming up this weekend. I, think the bomb- I know the Riders are playing better, but I think the Bombers could win both these games. And then would that be fantastic, right? Now we're 9-2. Two, mm-hmm. just 
really a big opportunity, I think. It would be. Saskatchewan they, is playing good football. They are. They blew out uh, mm-hmm. BC 41-8. Edmund, Edmonton, too. And then Edmonton, uh, big win on Friday. Got a couple of text messages here that are uh, go back to our road rage discussion here. One text reads, oh, hang on a second. Where did it go? All right. I recently had a honking situation from two honks from one another driver down to two, then one honks, then two honks from me. And I stopped. I finally stopped. It just wasn't worth it anymore. That turn from Archibald to Provence towards downtown. This guy never went into his lane, and then he shoots to the middle as if he has the right of way. Right. He had a yield. Yeah. I wasn't playing the game. And then when the lights at the the red light, never looked at him, knowing full well he's looking at me. I just held out my window a long L with my left hand, as in loser, and kept it there for him to see. <laughs> no more honking, but the message was clear. Didn't look, just L is what I did. Thank you for sharing that story. Here's another one from David, who says, I made my living for over 30 years driving trucks and have experienced road rage from both sides. I'd like to share an experience I had about four years ago. I was in the lineup on the Louise Bridge, Car actually drove on the wrong side of the bridge and cut me off to avoid a head-on collision with oncoming traffic. I was a bit freaked out and blasted my horn and raised my hands in the same manner as Brett. The other driver shot me the finger and exited his vehicle looking for trouble. Now, I'm a truck driver. I stand almost six feet tall and at the time weighed 210 pounds. He was driving a late model Buick and was definitely not the type to be driving that kind of car. He was about 18, 19 years old. Before he got too close, I stepped out of my vehicle and said, Does your grandma know you drive her car that way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he good stopped, line. He stopped dead in his tracks, turned around, got into the car, rolled up the window, and drove away when the traffic allowed. No harm, no foul, and I had made my point. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story, David. That's Much appreciated. One. Global News coming up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling today. Greg's at the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Golf Tournament in Southwood, so Hal is in today. Greg is back tomorrow. After Global News at 2.30, we are going to speak to the only Canadian in an international garden tour contest that is in Europe, I believe. So that sounds cool. Germany. Yeah, it's kind of cool, actually, because her dad sent me an email, Hal at CGOB.com, and said, Hal, you are the 34th greatest Canadian. You know how to get the vote out. My daughter needs help. She needs votes in order to win this contest. (laughs) <laughs> so emails back and forth, and now we'll talk to Heather about it coming up. Right on. Yeah. Well, right now, we're going to talk to another great Canadian. Her name is Kelly Keene. She joins us every second Monday. It's Money Monday on 680 CJOB. Kelly is an award-winning author, personal finance educator, consumer advocate for the Financial Planning Standards Council. Her website, kellykeen.com. Kelly, how are you? Brett, I'm great. And Hal, thanks for having me on. Hey, we haven't talked in a while, Brett. No, it's been, I, every time you've been I, on, I've been on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've talked to you yeah. since June. Happy Summer Monday. Yeah, it's been a long time. And it's nice to talk to you, Kelly. I hear you all the time with the boys, so it's nice to be able to talk to you. You too, Hal. Mm. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah. So they we're talking today, there was a situation uh, involving a Winnipeg couple. They They went down to Mexico. Somebody picked this guy's pocket and racked up $6,600 on the credit card. Uh, and the Walmart Canada Bank 
which issued this MasterCard, is not reimbursing the money because they won't reverse the charges because apparently this thief knew the four-digit PIN. So I guess mm-hmm. so. The, the first question I'll, I'll ask you here is, should we be reading the terms and conditions of our credit card agreements? Yeah, this story is scary, and there's a couple of things we have to unbundle in your question there. So um, when it comes to this couple, <clears throat> the bank is saying that they're not going to cover them because they feel that the thief knew the pen. So then the question becomes, how did the thief know the pen? Right. Uh, and Right. Okay. So chip and pin technology, if you remember, it's not been that long ago that we didn't have that, you know, um, you, you, you didn't tap and go, you didn't um, put it in and, and punch a pin and they, they swiped the card, they took it from you. So when chip and pin technology came in force in Canada, a lot of the fraud like zoomed way down. So that was really great for the banks and the credit card companies and all of us. We didn't have to worry about it as much. And if you recall, you know how everyone used to call their credit card company when they were going out of town? We'd all be like, oh, we got to call our credit card company. And, and when chip and pin technology came in, that's a lot of, it took a lot of that away because they knew that um, it was so much more of a secure process. So, however, nothing is 100% secure. We know that. We know that the bad guys get better and better. And um, even this last fraud prevention month, which was it's in March, I was talking about these shimmers that have come out that the fraudsters put this little tiny thing inside. You know how you have to sometimes you can't tap and go if it's like over 100 bucks or something of that sort depends on your card. Yeah. And you have to put the you know, you got to put the card in the little little terminal and um, there can be a little tiny shimmer in there. So. If you're taking your card out or putting it in and it's super tight, now who in the heck is really thinking about this, um, could mean that there's a shimmer in there and the thieves are getting your pin. So, I mean, we could have a whole conversation, and I'm not a security expert, but we could go on and on and on about, um, you know, how secure the chip and pin is and all that type of stuff. But the fact is that these people said their wallet was stolen and th- so did they go to something in Cancun that had a little shimmer? have a camera on them hmm. watching the, them put their pin in and then went and stole the credit card? Uh, who, who knows? But, boy, that's a lot of money they're on the hook for. So yeah. to answer the other part of your question, though, Brett, is should we as Canadians be uh, reading our terms and conditions of our credit card agreement? Yes. Do you want to ask me Why? <laughs> Why, Kelly? Why should we read them? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it's, I, I, I'm laughing, but it's no laughing matter. Because at the end of the day, if you are not doing the right things, you hear all the time that you're 100% protected by Visa, by MasterCard, by American Express. But there's a big but now. And if, if you did read that terms and conditions, so their agreement and probably everyone's agreement says you have to protect your PIN. Now, I'm not going to ask you, gentlemen, if you have ever given your credit card out to a spouse or a child or a friend, but I know a lot of your listeners are like, yep, I've done that, right? Maybe you've given your card to a spouse or, or a neighbor to get groceries or something of that sort. You would be um, breaching the terms of your credit card agreement. Uh, and then just before I let you guys ask some more questions and stop talking here for a second, there was precedent set in Edmonton. Uh, about two years ago, a woman had her purse stolen out of her vehicle, 
And the thieves absconded with $600. They took it out of an ATM out of her credit card. And the bank said, nope, we're not going to cover you because the thieves guessed her PIN uh, was her date of birth, uh, the year that she was born, um, because they got her driver's license out of her, her purse. And if you read your terms and conditions of that credit card agreement, it would say your PIN cannot be part of your, your SIN can't comprise it, your date of birth, and a bunch of other stuff depending on your agreement. So... Yeah, we really need to pay attention to that and at least go on our bank's website and have a little read about how responsible we are um, in using all this technology. Well, I'm not sure how I feel about this thing, Kelly, because when I read this story, I thought, well, what, were they dumb and did they put a, you know, a sticky note in the wallet with their, you know, pin code right. or, uh, you know, but if they just, if they got it using illegal forms of somehow getting it, what'd you call it, a shimmer or a skimmer or Shimmer. Yeah, shimmer. Yeah, shimmer. Yeah. If, if they did that, I feel like the credit card company should cover me because they received, they found out what the code was, my code was, you know, using illegal uh, methods. And so I don't think I should be on the hook for that. Now, if I have my PIN is, you know, my, my date of birth, or, okay, I, I get that. I understand that. Read that in the small print. But if they're getting it, you know, with some gadget or some latest trick... I don't know. And then and then I thought to myself, would one of the big banks be this sticky about it? This is the Walmart bank. I don't imagine that's a huge, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a huge bank. Yeah, I, I mean, no, it, I, it's not. It's, and it's not a huge one as far as I know either. But you're, you're right. Like, this begs a new question now. And I'm going to be following this story very carefully and see where it ends up. Because I think they were still going to the ombudsman. And they were seeing how far up that because you still have rights as a consumer. Right. You can go higher up than just your bank and see. Now, we don't know all the details here. I do have friends at the bank that are head of like the fraud departments and I've talked to them off the record and they say, look, it's a case by case basis. So do we know everything about this couple? And I don't want to start making any kind of assumptions like maybe the bank knows something or they don't or um, I don't want to be defending the bank. But um, I'm scared by this story. Because if that, legitim- if that legitimately w- were you or I, um, I, one of the articles I was reading, their recommendation was, well, you should get a low-limit credit card then. And I thought, okay, let's walk that back. If I got a low-limit credit card, like $500 or $1,000, you can't do much with that traveling, okay? That's issue number one. Um, begs the question, should you use cash? Well, now I have a security risk. Do you really want to go to Cancun with two or $3,000 of cash on you? Or So, I mean, we've been told by the credit card companies that we're protected, that just as long as, like you said, you know, we're not doing something silly, like has our, have a little sticky note in our wallet with our pin, all that type of stuff. And I know that stories have come out about the shimmers. So it, it, it's, it's, we're going to have to follow this story and see, see what the bank does. And I'm sure... As the bad guys are getting smarter and smarter, we're going to see if uh, these shimmers start showing up more. And like you said, what would one of the major banks have done or what will they do? Or will we even hear it in the news? Um, Because this couple just felt so frustrated that they went to the media when usually these things are settled with the bank themselves. Kelly Keene is our guest. She is a personal finance educator, consumer advocate for the Financial Planning Standards Council. Her website is kellykeene.com. That's spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y. 
K-E-E-H-N. And we're talking about a Winnipeg couple who went to Cancun in February and the guy got his wallet stolen. Thief racked up $6,600 in charges and on this MasterCard and Walmart Canada Bank will not reverse the charges saying that should have protected the pin. So, Kelly... What about credit card alerts? Like, uh, what are can mm. would, would those have helped in this situation? Yeah, I mean, this is the larger question too. Is ideally you have someone looking at the larger picture of your financial life, helping you be protected against fraud. Someone like a certified financial planner. They would say, look, you should have alerts on your debit and your credit card. So, what does that mean? Uh, I have them set up on all of my cards. Every single time I make a purchase or an automated purchase goes through, you know, maybe something that uh, I have my bill payments going through every month or what have you, I immediately get an email telling me what the purchase was and what the amount was. Now, would have that have helped? If I remember correctly, reading the article with this couple, it took him what? I think it was a day, he said, till he realized that his credit card was gone. So let's say, and sometimes that does some people, they're not looking through their wallet to see if a credit card has gone missing, right? Mm. But if you had that alert uh, and you're sitting, you know, checking your smartphone and five purchases all of a sudden came in, at least that would help you uh, identify, wow, something is going on wonky with my credit card. I better give the company a call right away. Um, So it might have helped a little bit there. Um, Now what this couple also needs to do is, put a proactive credit alert on their credit file because if someone got access to his wallet, I'm going to assume he had a passport with him. He had a driver's license with him. Now this thief also has really sensitive information, like maybe his social insurance number, his date of birth, lots of stuff where they can now, never mind $6,600, they can take that information and they can go and commit full-on identity theft against him. So yeah, that that's more scary even than what he's dealing with with the credit card company. What else is available out there like this? Because I like the alert idea. I had a major credit card. I didn't really notice anything weird on my on my payments. And then I got a call from the credit card company, and they said, hey, we think your card's being used by somebody other than you. And then I went back, and I went, oh, yeah. And it wasn't big expenses, right? And it was uh, mm-hmm. to things that seemed like they could have been an expense of mine, right? And I'm sharing my card with my wife, obviously. But, yeah, so the right. bank took care of it. They let me know there was a problem. I didn't even know. But I like the alert idea. Um, but the other thing I was going to say, too, that I, I found out about the other day, I just leased a new truck. And um, as part of it, the guy was telling me, the, the finance guy at the dealership was telling me that he gets monthly uh, reports on his uh, his credit, uh, like credit reports. Right. And I went, hey, that's a good idea. That's not a bad. I think he yeah. said it was 20 bucks a year, not real expensive. And every month, that way you can look and say, yeah, I look fine or, you know, nobody's using my name or my credit to uh, to obtain money in, a, in an, an, an illegal way. Yeah. No, you make an absolutely valid point. And for someone who has been, you know, if you've lost your wallet ever or your purse or I had someone email me last week that they left a copy of all their travel documents at the Frankfurt airport. I mean, those people are at high risk. So if, or someone like me that's traveling all the time, definitely, I think it's worth the money to consider getting that protection. Now, where do you get that? I'll just let your listeners know there's two places. There's two main credit reporting agencies in Canada, 
TransUnion, and Equifax. Um, and you can get it from both of them have credit monitoring services. Some people even go so far as to get identity theft insurance just in case something happened like this couple so that they've got money to hire a lawyer to defend them or what have you. Hmm. Um, it's funny, guys, because I just changed my um, my home and auto policy over. And as a default, I didn't even ask for it. The new company gave me $30,000 of identity theft protection. Wow. So I was like, oh, wow, like it's a thing. Um, and I didn't I would have never known to ask for it on my existing policy. So the reality is fraud isn't going away anytime soon. Um, fraudsters don't rob banks anymore. They rob us digitally. So it's only going to grow. Yeah, I, I like that idea, too, of considering um, the credit reporting service. You can also for five dollars only with Equifax and, and TransUnion, you want to put it on both of them. You can put a proactive credit alert. So this has nothing to do with the credit card alert. This is a proactive alert. If someone is trying to get credit in your name, the lender has to give you a call. So it's a little added uh, piece of protection. If someone's trying to get a cell phone or a mortgage or a loan in your name, Hmm. um, and that can be set up for pretty low cost too. So a few things that you can do to, to protect your identity too. See, I love that stuff. And most people don't know about it, right? No, we're not told about that by anyone. I mean, in all fairness, there's a lot of good folks out there, like at the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. They're working so hard to educate Canadians. But you know what? We're all busy. We're all, like, stressed out. We're all working to capacity. And unless somebody kind of halts us in our tracks, and thank you, gen- gentlemen, for having me on today to talk about this kind of stuff, how do we know about it, right? But it's it's uh, happening more and more. So we need to slow down and just uh, take a little time. I just want to also say, too, the importance of checking your credit card statement. Hal, I think it was you that you said it can be a very small amount on your account, like 5 or $10 going through. You might not notice it, but these are the fraudsters trying to see how aware you are and how much that they can actually take you for if they keep doing this month after month. And I was also on the plane with one guy who was telling me that he hadn't checked his credit card statement for six months. I think that's crazy. I don't know how, how anyone goes that long. But he had a few hundred dollars of fraud. And by the time he determined it, the bank said, no, we're not going to cover you because you it was too long for you to notify us. So that, again, is in your fine print of how proactive you have to be in identifying the fraud. They're not always going to find it and call you. A lot of times you have to find it and notify them. Kelly, we are unfortunately out of time, but thank you so oh. much for for giving us this information. It's all valuable, uh, all valuable tips, uh, especially for those who are maybe thinking of going on vacation. Just uh, just be vigilant. That's right. Yep, that's it. Thanks, Brett and Hal. Appreciate it. Thank all you. Right. Kelly Keene is an award-winning author. She is a personal finance educator, consumer advocate for the Financial Planning Standards Council. The website, kellykeene.com. She joins us every second Monday on 680 CJOB. We'll check your forecast up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling, who is at the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Golf Tournament at Southwood Golf Course. Coaches show live tonight from Southwood at 7 o'clock, Labor Day Classic this weekend. Hal, we have a text message here. Just want to quickly revisit a conversation we had last hour about what happened at the MTV VMAs last night where they this artist named Logic who has a song. The title of the song is Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's one 800 273 8255 and 
We got a text here from Brian mm. that you pointed out. Well, yeah, and it just goes to show you that, uh, as Brian said in his text, uh, you know, just a just a friendly conversation can change, you know, something that somebody's planning, and it might be horrible. Brian says, "I stopped Hal and Brett to talk to a young woman who was crying. I found out two days later that just by talking with her, I prevented her from killing herself." The power of a kind word. Thank you, Brian, for that. Keep them coming at 204-780-6868. But um, yeah, and you know, and, and I, you know, I guess I think back to my younger days when I was teased a lot and stuff. And it just, I guess I'll, you know, the one thing I'll say to somebody out there is it will get better. You know, it, it does get better, especially young people that are being bullied or teased. It, it gets better. That stuff that seems like it's the whole world, you know, when we're younger, later on, it's uh it, it's it's not what we think it is. It's not, it's never worth taking your own life. Indeed, you are not yeah. alone. So the number again is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Global news is coming up next. All right, two thirty four. What day is it? Monday. Monday afternoon. Hal Anderson for Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry here as well. Mackling and McGarry only, only on CJOB. So I get an email, hal at cjob.com from Howard and uh, Howard uh, uh, Skripnik. And he says, Hal, you are the 34th greatest Canadian of all time. You know how to get the vote out. Because I I did end up 34th in that national uh, (laughs) CBC poll. And so uh, I guess his daughter Heather is competing in a in a contest. And anyhow, emails back and forth. We have Heather on the line. Heather scripting. Hi, Heather. Oh, just... How are you guys? Oh, there you are. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this. So uh, this is sort of interesting. Are you really the only Canadian in the running for this international garden tour contest? Well, so for a while it looked like I was, but recently when I've checked, there's there's a few people, one from Toronto and one from Barrie so far, that are also Canadian. But, okay. Uh, the contest is covering, it's considered USA, but they lump Canada in there. North America, I guess then, yeah. And you might get the, uh, you might win the opportunity to go to Stuttgart, Germany to tour, uh, what is it called, Willetta? Willetta, yes. It's a, um, a garden that is part of a medicinal plant company that makes uh, organic cosmetics using plants that they grow there and actually around the world. They have eight gardens around the world. One more question, and then I'll let Brett in this. So why do you have such an interest in, in will I call it horticulture, I guess? Yeah, so I actually have a background in horticulture. I did a program at Niagara Parks Commission School of Horticulture, which is a three-year apprenticeship at the botanical gardens there. So oh. the botanical gardens are maintained by students and we learn all about ornamental horticulture and part of the botanical gardens there was one of the largest herb gardens in uh, North America and so I spent a lot of time in the herb garden learning about different plants and their uses and I'd previously had an interest in that but really only from maybe learning with books and so here I had hands-on experience and I decided to do um, in third year my internship with the company Walida in Germany. So I've actually already been to their German garden, but I really like the work that they're doing and I have an interest in the company. They've been around since 1921 making organic skincare products. So they're quite a household name in Europe and just lately, maybe in the past 10 years, have they really started coming into the North American market. Where do we go online to uh, to look at this? Yeah, so the contest is called Walida, W-E-L-E-D-A, globalgardens.com. 
and then it's slash USA slash candidate. And I think I'm 1786. Currently, I have the most votes, um, but there's definitely people that are coming up in votes. So I'm trying to stay ahead. (laughs) And by the way, Heather, I voted for you this morning. I actually you're able to vote uh, using different email addresses. So I I voted for you using Hal at CGOB.com and also my personal email. So you have two more votes now. Thanks. I appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> so this sounds cool. Like this is sort of uh, like this is new cutting edge kind of stuff, right? I mean, the, uh, and I've got to ask you about the herb garden in a second. I won't do that right now. But d- just explain maybe the work that this company does and, and why it's so important for you being into horticulture. This is sort of a whole new area, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's pretty new maybe in North America, whereas in Europe, they've been this company's been around for about 90 years. Um, so. They are using plant plants in their skincare products versus, you know, it's becoming more known that a lot of skincare products have harmful chemicals in them. So more right. and more companies are coming out with things saying like no parabens, no uh, chemicals or organic plants. But a lot of them are using synthetic additives into their plants, whereas this company has always been organic before organic was even a term. And so, uh, yeah, I guess I have an interest in plants. I work at Fort White Farms right now. So I teach youth about uh, working with plants and how eating healthy food helps our bodies. We have a little medicine garden here. So I take them out there sometimes and teach them about these plants. And uh, I guess I'm just personally interested in the, the benefits that uh, plants have. That even if it's just eating healthy food, that makes a huge difference. So Good for you. I like I like teaching people about that. So I like to learn about it. <laughs> What do you, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that there might be one or two people thinking it right now, so I'll just ask you, uh, do you ever do you ever get anybody who would say, like, oh, this just sounds like a like a bunch of hippie crap? I mean, I think it sounds it sounds really great, yeah. and I'm looking at this website, and it looks like fun, but do you ever do you ever get any sort of pushback from people who, <laughs> who say mean things like that? Yeah, definitely. Probably the two people are my brothers. I get the most of it from them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, and you are guess, you are like, you are their sister, so they're brothers, right? I mean, that's what happens. Definitely, yes. Yeah. I have to live with that. Um, everyone knows that, like, if you eat vegetables, they have nutrients in them that your body needs. So, all forms of plants take up different different um, amount of nutrients and minerals from the soil that they grow in. And if we consume those things through eating them, then our bodies get those. So, this is also you're putting them on your skin, and either your skin is absorbing like a harmful chemical that's in the products that you buy or it's absorbing something natural. Like a lot of these products, I wouldn't suggest that you eat them, but you could eat them because they don't really have harmful products in them. Just looking at this website here, your Walida journey around the world from colorful pomegranate shrubs in Italy to the scenic garden 3,900 feet above sea level in Argentina. This sounds like like a, (laughs) a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Right. So if I am to get enough votes, I can win a trip to Germany. And uh, at the gardens in Germany, they take one candidate from all of the countries in the contest, and it's quite a big list. Um, And those people get workshops on photography, creative writing. We attend some uh, conferences, and we'll do our own presentations. And from there, the company picks one person that they want to represent, themselves and that person travels around 11 countries in the span of three months 
Wow, that would be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't care if we're looking at plants or not. I'll go on that trip. Hey, uh, nice. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll get the link to the uh, uh, place where people can vote, and I'll put it out on my social media, and I'll get it out on CGOB's social media, and I'm sure Brett's fine to put it out on his, and we'll try and get you some votes. I've got to ask you, though, when you said herb garden and stuff, and I'm just, you know, thinking like an idiot, and I'm, I'm thinking, boy, you know, I'll bet you a lot of people want to be your friend when they're trying to grow their plants. <laughs> And I and oh, I'm, yeah, I I'm talking I'm talking about the tomato plants in the garden. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Well, and actually, those tomato plants in the garden, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. are totally up and coming in this country. Absolutely. And a lot of people studying horticulture are studying it for those reasons because they know it's a viable industry. Is that something so you'd I, want to get into? Me personally, there's still a lot of legislation around it, so mm. I don't think interested right now but i see that that's where it's going and it's just another plant that helps people in a lot of different ways all right well hey listen this sounds great and i I just i just cast my vote good and i do see that you are leading the way uh by a mile quite frankly you're at uh yeah you've got uh like 70 votes more than your nearest competitor so you're way out in front well listen heather yeah and i'll tell you what uh with the 50,000 watt blowtorch helping you out we'll get you some votes and you tell your dad the best thing he did was sending me an email because you're right i know how to get the vote out we hope we get the vote out for you yeah and my dad's very supportive so i thank him for that too yeah he seems like a great guy and good for you working with the kids out at fort white just sounds like you're doing it all right i really wish you a lot of luck with everything thanks so much all right heather Scripnick. once again she is in this international garden tour contest, the website is WalidaGlobalGarden.com. So that's spelled W-E-L-E-D-A, WalidaGlobalGarden.com. And then if you, t- you know, it'll prompt you to choose your country. Yeah. So you, you, there's no Canada on the list. So just mm-hmm. choose the U.S. And then there will be a spot where you can just click on the candidates. And Heather pops up. She is leading the way. So. Very cute. Heather's there in front of a bunch of plants, as you'd expect her to be. Yeah, and it looks like there's a butterfly yep. or two yep. in the picture. So. Yeah, vote for her. Yeah. No, that sounds great. I like it. Sounds like a real sweet opportunity, so let's help uh, Winnipegger get there. It is coming up time to talk, uh, to check your forecast, and then Hal has found some audio that coincides with what today is. Oh, uh, yes. So we're going to do that after <laughs> the forecast. Up next, Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling today while he's... He's got a tough assignment. He's yeah. uh, representing the station at a Winnipeg Blue Bombers golf tournament. So, oh boy, yeah, he gets uh, all the hard gigs around here. Mm-hmm. Hal, I know you uh, like to 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 find out what what day it is as far as yeah. uh, we know it's Monday, but whatever. Yeah, uh, whether it's, it's, they have a day for everything these days. Day for everything. What is today? And, well, let me just rattle off the list. It's quite a list today, actually. It's Chinese Valentine's Day, crackers <laughs> over the keyboard day. <laughs> Motorist Consideration Monday, National Bowtie Day, National Cherry Turnovers Day, it's Race Your Mouse Around the Icons Day, (laughs) Red Wine Day, and, I don't know, they're just ridiculous, and, but usually you find one or two in there that, you know, you go, oh, and you have some connection to it. It is also, the last one here, Brett, is the most important for us. It is Radio Commercials Day. Oh, get out of here. Radio Commercials Day. Today, and let's face it, if not for radio commercials, Brett McGarry, mm-hmm. you and I, sir, would be selling our homes and living down by the river. <laughs> so right. it's important that we pay tribute to uh, commercials when we can. So 
You have unearthed something that I, I am excited up. about. The man who was the best at doing commercials, as far as I'm concerned, was Nick Hill. Oh. The late, great Nick Hill. Um, he was just the best at doing commercials. You know, they were, you always remembered them. Um, they weren't always the best commercials as far as production value and all that kind of stuff goes, but they were always the best. Yeah. And so I dug one up and this is a good one. This is uh, a Nick Hill spot from, I don't know, uh, maybe the 80s, 70s, late 70s, early 80s. I'm not even sure. So here we go. We're going to celebrate radio commercials day with Nick Hill. The old corral is overstocked, so I want you to come on down tomorrow when Colonel Furniture Co-op will pay your sales tax. Mosey on down and you'll find fantastic deals on a quarter of a million dollars of furniture and appliances. Plus, we will pay your sales tax, partner. Living room, bedroom, dining room, it's all here for immediate delivery. Put your brand on a great deal tomorrow only when we will pay your sales tax. That's Colonel Furniture Co-op, 843 Main Street. Remember, we knocked the out of our competitors' prices. <laughs> Nick knocks the beep out of competitors' prices. Yes, he did. You that, bet. That was outstanding. And the sons are carrying on the tradition as well, by the way, I should say. Number one son, I remember they... Because I know that it's the same thing where he, they, he comes in and it's just one take. Yep. Whatever comes out gets That's goes it. into the commercial. Yep. And there was one. This goes back like ten years. I think I was working an overnight shift when I heard it, and he he was talking about couches and the couch factory or whatever, and he he tripped over his words. And he, he says, and right in the commercial, yeah. he sort of stumbles and then says, I'm sorry, I just get excited sometimes. And then he just <laughs> keeps going. It. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. In the commercial. Yeah. And I thought, that's great because it just shows that, hey, he's just a normal guy yeah. working right. hard. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was a very funny guy. Great guy. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, we just have a, an alert here from the newsroom. Caller says there is a fire happening in Selkirk. Manitoba on Manitoba Avenue between Main Street and Evelyn Street. The caller does not know if it's a business or apartment. So once mm. again, fire in Selkirk. That's right downtown uh, like too. Manitoba Avenue between Main and Evelyn. Game of Thrones. Yes. I'm just seeing here the ratings are in for Game of Thrones. Already? Well, I guess the overnight stuff, eh? Yeah, it says that set yet another audience record yesterday with its seventh season finale. Nielsen says an all-time high of 12.1 million viewers were tuned in to this very popular show. And actually, before you go on, can I play something for you? Oh, yes. I, I said I have a surprise okay. here for you. Okay, yeah. I found a guy on YouTube. Uh, this this internet thing is fantastic, hey? Like, it's just, I'm just blown away by it. It, it could be around for a long time. Um, <laughs> but I found a guy on YouTube, and he has done the Game of Thrones theme Ooh. in 12-string guitar. So, uh, Jeff, if we could play this nice and quietly behind Je- uh, Brett as he talks about the uh, the Game of Thrones, please. Oh, wow. That's very nice. It's kind of classy, isn't it? <laughs> so, so how many people watched? 12 million? 12.1 million viewers were tuned in. An additional 4 million caught the episode on streaming channels. And uh, it'll the, the numbers will go up too because they also count uh, the DVRs. Right, call if you them. recorded it, yeah. Um, so 
That's, uh, it started the season with 10.1 million viewers, and then episode 5 had 10.7 million. I don't want to, and oh, and by the way, this season, the show has ranked as the second most viewed series each week among all programs. That's both cable and broadcast. What's the number one? Would it be, uh, uh, I think it's America's Dead? Got the, Talent. Oh, I thought it was The Walking Dead, maybe. Uh, let's see here. Because The Walking Dead at the end of that latest season was sim- like 16 million, I think. Oh, well, it, it, Walking Dead's not on right now. So oh, I, that's I, I true. think they yeah. just mean for what okay. for what is right. out for what's right now. on right now, yeah. Uh it looks like yeah, NBC had the the week's most watched shows America's Got Talent. Really? So, yeah. Wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, you know what? I rem- I used to watch America's Got Talent. It's the first okay. I'll flip it on once in a while, but I'm not a regular viewer. And plus they've got who's the host now? They got rid of Nick Cannon and uh the model. Uh I can't remember. I can't. Boy, my Tyra Banks. Terrible. Tyra Banks. Thanks, Jeff Forte. Yeah, Tyra, Tyra Banks is uh, the uh, host of that show now. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, I stopped watching it. I, but my wife and I have committed now. We hear you guys talk about Game of Thrones, and everybody else talks nonstop about it, too. But my wife and I now have committed that we're going to watch everything okay. up until last night's uh, big season finale. Mm-hmm. We'll watch all of that, and then we'll be ready for the final season, which you said might still be a couple years away, eh? Yeah, I'm just trying to find that out. When to expect Game of Thrones? season eight because there was talk that it would be might not be until 2019 yeah that's what you said the other day through uh let's see here production oh um let's see and while we're talking about tv i was telling you off the air brett we started binging a new one on netflix that we really like it's called friends from college Oh yes, friends from college which is really good it's in and, and they're half hour episodes which goes by real fast so you can watch two or three and catch up the next day and fred savage is in that he is from the wonder years yep. savage the yes so it looks like actually they're going to start filming in october uh for game of thrones so that's likely means that it will be out in july oh okay so i can wait a year for season eight yeah, of that's game not of thrones. too bad so that gives me a year to catch up right yeah, yeah. and if you have no no i'm on shaw i don't know which uh, cable yeah i'm shaw direct so i think i can sign up and watch all that back stuff too yeah because if you have a, a subscription to hbo or a movie network then you get access like i can just pull up uh, right. shaw's app yeah. and order that, that's what i did last year i watched after season six ended i went back and watched them all and you can just order it to your pvr and yeah. it's great uh, and it's addictive. Just be prepared. It's yeah. a, it, it, I will warn you, though, it's it's heavy at first. There are a ton of characters, and there's mm. so much history going on. It, it's, it can be a little overwhelming. They have to set the stage for the first couple seasons, eh? Yeah, but it uh, it took me five seasons to remember half the characters' names. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I had, it helped to go back and watch it but again. See, then there's also part of me that thinks, do I want to start watching a show now that's about to end? Well, I think that's even better because now you you... You know that the finish line is coming, right? Yeah. So then you'll, and you, plus you don't want to miss out. That's true. You don't want to miss well, out. Well, I kind of want to be there when the, yeah, when everybody's watching the shows last season. Yeah, I kind of want to be a part of that. I feel like I've kind of missed out on a, on a big show, you know? Well, there's still time. And uh, it was, last night's finale was amazing. There were, the previous episode was kind of dumb. Mm. It was exciting, but it was really dumb. But after what they did last night, I forgive. I forgive everything. They wow. they knocked it out of the park. Mm. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil what happened because I know a lot of people uh, don't want to stay up late on Sundays to watch it because yeah. it was a, an 80-minute episode. It started at 10 o'clock. Well, as soon well, as I... Unshot starts at 10. MTS is a little earlier. As soon as I heard a couple, three weeks ago that there was a dragon, I thought, okay, well, this sounds pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> they still, I think of Ogre 
in Revenge of the Nerds. Mm. When they, I, assume, I, know, I know a lot of people, when they hear the words Game of Thrones, they just think, nerds! <laughs> <laughs> but nerds are taking over, man. Yeah. Uh, Global News at 3 o'clock is coming up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling today. Greg will be back tomorrow after he's roasting in the sun at Southwood Golf Course. It's a, it's a hard knock life for Greg today. He's yeah, uh, there guy. for the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Jeez, got a tough golf tournament. I don't know who he made <laughs> mad around here. Uh, you talked to somebody interesting over the weekend. Hal. Yeah, I've been trying to set this up for weeks now. Uh, well, at least a couple of weeks. It's been back and forth. And, and so thanks for letting me play it here again today. I had him on yesterday on my show, Hal Anderson Weekends. Fred Fox, Terry Fox's older brother. And we're getting close. Uh, actually, yesterday we're, uh, we were, we're three weeks out from uh, the Terry Fox run. So the run's coming up. And uh, just had a, a great uh, 10 minute conversation with him. And so we want to play uh, some of that for you here now. And we started the conversation with Terry Fox's older brother, Fred Fox, by talking about uh, the Fox family connection to Winnipeg and Manitoba. Well, you bet. Uh, you know, our, our roots are, are so deep, uh, not only in Winnipeg, but uh, in southern Manitoba. Um, you know, dad was born and raised in Winnipeg. Uh, uh, Mom was born in Boys of Ain, grew up in uh, Melita, and we've got lots of family in, in Brandon and, and then up in Selkirk and, and in Winnipeg, of course. There's so many of my dad's uh, brothers and sisters still there and, and cousins and all of that. So um, um, for me anyway, because I've had the opportunity to, to go back to Winnipeg so many times over the years since uh, I was able to get out on my own. And uh, it's it's I, it, I truly feel like it's it's home for for me many times because uh you know we were all born there as well before mom and dad moved us out to the west coast in 1966 yeah i can't believe we're coming up on the 37th anniversary of that run that your brother uh made it's it's crazy it's been that long fred yeah it, it where's the time gone and um um and 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 and, and the momentum of what Terry started in 1980 hasn't slowed down. I'm I'm here in Toronto. I've been in Southern Ontario since Tuesday, and uh, you know, visiting um, corporate groups um, in, in the Greater Toronto area. And uh, I was out east of Toronto yesterday in a little community called New Ham- Hamburg, and going north uh, tomorrow. And uh, it, it's amazing to know that. People are still as enthusiastic as ever before. Terry's, uh, you know, simple uh, hope to raise maybe one one dollar for every Canadian uh, is is grown so much beyond that, and uh, and is truly making a difference. And Terry would be so proud to know that uh, Canadians uh, took on that challenge that he gave all of us to do um, in 1980 when he was forced to stop on September 1st. Boy, took it on and exceeded it many, many times. I think you're over $700 million now, aren't you? Yeah, $750 million have been raised. That's including um, the $24 million that was raised during the Marathon of Hope in 1980. And, you know, it sounds like a huge number, but it it truly is, um, it truly has had an impact on uh, where cancer research is in Canada uh, today. Um, that's all Terry wanted. He wanted to... To make a difference, he, he wanted to know that 
that uh, what he was doing in 1980, running a marathon every day for 143 days, would result in uh, you know people having better out, uh, diagnosis and, and better outcomes with their cancer, and uh, uh, and people are. Um, there's obviously a lot more work that we need to do, um, but Terry would be so proud to know that the, that money, all that money that's been raised, uh, has had an impact. Well, it absolutely has had an impact because Terry's cancer now is highly curable. And and you have to feel great about that, knowing that, you know, what Terry started and, and all of us now continue in, in his name is making a difference, as you said, when it comes to cancer research and curing the horrible disease. Yeah, you know, uh, and Terry's is just one. Um, you know, when he was diagnosed, it's been it's hard to believe. Again, we were talking about 37 years ago, but Terry was diagnosed 40 years ago in March of 1977. And and uh, when we sat in that small little room at uh, Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster, and the doctor came in and told mom and dad and, and the rest of us that Terry had a type of bone cancer and and, you know, the survival rate at that time was about 20 per, 20%. Um, today, you know, and Terry had to lose part of his right leg above the knee. And today that, that cancer is, you know, around 80% survival rate. And in many cases, you don't have to lose a, a limb, um, you know, because of the bone cancer. So and there, there's other examples of that as well. Uh, childhood leukemia back 40 40, 30 years was was not very good as well, but now it's up into the mid uh, to high 80s um, survival rate. So, um, you know, money's raised for cancer research is truly making a difference. My conversation yesterday with Fred Fox, Terry Fox's older brother. We're going to play the second half of that for you after a break here, but we're also keeping an eye on Donald Trump, who is possibly going to give a, a news conference and take questions uh, after uh, touring Texas and uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. So keep it right here. It's Mackling and McGarry Anderson in for Mackling. We'll continue in a bit. All right, now, part two of my conversation with Fred Fox, Terry Fox's older brother. And like I said, we're keeping an eye on the Donald uh, Trump uh, news conference. We may cut into that as well. But uh, let's start the second half of uh, my chat with Fred Fox. Well, I lost my dad to cancer in the mid-90s, and I have that thought all the time about him is, you know, if that were to happen today, uh, would he maybe still be with us? And, you know, I'm sure you hear it all the time, Fred, because everybody has been touched in some way or another by cancer. It's one of those diseases that um, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. Somebody has a cancer story. Somebody's lost somebody they love and care about because of cancer. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, when Terry, Terry spoke every day, you know, um, along the route during the Marathon of Hope. He, he shared his story and why he was why he was running, and, and in every speech, he would say, we will all be touched by cancer in one way or another. We may not get it personally, but a you know, family member, a friend, the neighbor down the street, we're all going to, you know, we're going to know um, somebody that's had, had cancer back in 1977 when Terry was diagnosed. People didn't talk about it the way we do today. And uh, so, yeah, we, we'll all, we're all, we've all, all know somebody, and... Um, I mean, hell, you said you lost your dad, and and uh, we we lost our dad uh, a year and a little bit ago, March of 2016, to lung cancer, and he wasn't able to benefit from all the monies raised. But 
but only because of uh, of a late detection, and and that's that's one of the keys, of course. Is uh, you know, Dad was a smoker, and uh, quit 25 years before he passed away. But uh, um, you know, if, if detected a little bit sooner, we'd probably still have him here today. So um, we've all again, you know, we've, we we've been touched by it, by this disease again. Yeah, my dad was a smoker and lung cancer uh, as well with him. So. Hmm. Um, I'm looking at a picture of you and Terry sitting on a black couch in front of a panel, wood panel wall, and Terry's got his hand on one side of your face and you're both laughing. Talk about what it was like being his big brother as he set out on that marathon of hope. Yeah, you know, that, that photo is uh, one that I use in um, my, my presentations when I go to schools and, uh, kind of the title slide and um, um, you know we see Terry running every day and we see those images of him running and video of him running he's got that serious look but Terry when when he was away from all that he was the guy that was having the most fun he was the one who was joking around with family and friends and and growing up with Terry was you know no different than any of us growing up with with siblings um you know, we competed against each other. We challenged each other. We fought like like brothers would. And uh, but Terry loved to have fun. Loved to play practical jokes. And um, that picture was uh, the, the the last moments that I saw Terry on the Marathon of Hope. It was in Wawa, Ontario. And my wife and I were had driven um, east from where we live. We're living in Coquitlam to and found Terry and Daryl and Doug just south of Wawa and uh, spent a few days with them and. And uh, Teresa was taking that picture of us just as we were saying goodbye. And of course, Terry is always joking around and hamming it up. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a great long it's a great uh, memory of the last moments that I saw Terry during the marathon. I hope that would have been taken about August seventeenth. Hmm. We're coming up on another run um, next month. Encourage Winnipeggers and Manitobans to get involved, please, Fred. Oh yeah, of course. Um, September 17th, uh, the 37th annual Terry Fox run. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing in, in Winnipeg. Uh, again, we talked up from the, at the top about our connection to Winnipeg and the roots we have there. And whenever I'm there, it's it's one of the very first places I go is the Cinnaboyne Park. All right, and, we're going uh, 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 to interrupt the uh, conversation there with Fred Fox. Uh, it was basically done anyhow, but uh, Donald Trump has taken to the microphone for a news conference, we thought we'd take a, a minute or two of that before we have to break here. So take a listen to Donald in Trump. In southeast Texas, and now it's looking more and more like the state of Louisiana will be also affected. My administration is coordinating closely with state and local authorities in Texas and Louisiana to save lives, and we thank our first responders and all of those involved in their efforts. We're working directly with Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who, by the way, is doing a fantastic job, and his entire staff, likewise, as well as with Governor John Bell Edwards, who's very much uh, involved in starting the process of Louisiana. We've pledged our full support as Texas and Louisiana battle and recover from this very devastating and historic storm. There's probably never been anything like this. Under the supervision of FEMA, Administrator Brock Long, there has been 
a, a tremendous amount of work done. He has he has been so outstanding in so many ways. More than 8,500 federal workers are involved in the Texas effort alone. I've also today declared emergencies in Louisiana at the request of Governor Edwards. Recovery will be a long and difficult road, and the federal government stands ready, willing, and able to support that effort. Right now, the single most important thing is the safety and security of those still in harm's way, including the first responders, who have been so terrific and brave. Protecting the lives of our people is my highest priority. Every asset at my command is at the disposal of local officials. Tragic times such as these bring out the best in America's character, strength, charity, and resilience are those characters. We see neighbor helping neighbor, friend helping friend, and stranger helping stranger. And you see that all over. You watch on television, you just see such incredible work and love and teamwork. We are one American family. We hurt together. We struggle together. And believe me, we endure together. We are one family. To the people of Texas and Louisiana, we are 100 percent with you. We're praying for you. We're working closely with your leaders and officials. And I will be visiting the impact zone tomorrow to ensure that you're receiving full support and cooperation from the federal government. And on Saturday, we think we're going back to Texas, and also we will be going to Louisiana. U.S. President Donald Trump speaking about the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey as it continues to pound Texas and Louisiana. Fred McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling one more time today. And then Greg is back tomorrow. Hal, we got stuff to give away. Yes. Two tickets to WSO, Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, Arrival from Sweden. That's Arrival from Sweden, the music of ABBA. This is happening September 22nd to the September 24th at the Centennial Concert Hall. And today's question, it actually has nothing to do with the symphony or ABBA, but it kind of has something to do with Sweden. So (laughs) (laughs) you'll see why. I, I need you to tell us what movie this clip is from. Well, Gail, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Tell me what movie that's from. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. What movie was that from? All right. Well, Jeff Forte is dealing with that. I got to tell you, Hal, about what I did on Friday. Mm -hmm. I went to... Phantom of the Opera! It is... Amazing. Yeah. It's here until September 3rd at the concert hall. Phantom of the Opera. I saw it in 1999 in Toronto at the Pantages when it was getting ready to wrap up. It had done like a 10-year run there or something. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was I was 22-ish, 
I can't. Yeah. And did uh, you appreciate it at that age, or I'll bet you appreciate it more now? Huh? I I definitely appreciated it. More. I I appreciated it, but I think it was. It was just so out of my realm of what mm. I was familiar with. I'd yeah. never been, I had seen live theater, but I'd never seen a big musical like that. Right. So it was cool, but I think I was just so bombarded that I wasn't able to uh, truly absorb it. So I've been wanting to go back and see it again. I don't know why, actually, I didn't go back because Phantom came to Winnipeg, I don't know, t- how many years ago. Yeah, it's been back since, yeah. So I made sure that this time I'm going to go see it and. I think my initial reaction, it was funny because I posted on Facebook that I was at Phantom and someone said, I am beyond jealous. So she said, I wanted to know, tell me how it is. So I'm just going to try to find the post actually. But while I'm looking for the post, when I bumped into one of my friends on Saturday, he says, your description of uh, Phantom was kind of um, elaborate. Which I think was his way of telling me that it was <laughs> sounded pretentious or yeah. something like that. But here's the here's the the short version is, it was incredible. The vocal talent on display was supernatural. I stole that from Jeff Courier, by the way. I heard he <laughs> he described Bruno Mars as, as yeah. supernaturally talented. The sets were elaborate. The production value amazing, and the show was emotionally stirring right through to my soul sensational wow that's like a quote from a movie trailer yeah it it, it was though couch like, potato brett mcgarry says emotionally stirring yeah through to the soul. performances were supernatural <laughs> I, so maybe a little but that was my that was my raw reaction to it i just yeah. i was bursting at the seams with joy and uh, at what i had just seen and the the sets I can't believe what they do. Well, this production of it, my wife took my mother-in-law opening night, and this the production, this particular production, is getting rave reviews for the special effects. Apparently, never before have we seen special effects and you know cool stuff with this show uh, compared to other shows. So yeah, I think I think what you're saying is is absolutely true. That's what everybody is saying. Yeah, I just can't believe the sets that they built for this thing. Like there is this one set that it. it it was. It basically looked like like a silo, like the shape of a of a silo, and it was I don't know about thirty feet high, and it would sort of spin around the stage as required. And at the top of it was this catwalk, so they're looking out over the. It's meant to be like they're looking out over over some water. Mm. So then there's no stairs on the side, but then they these stairs pop out of the wall, huh. so they they can go down, and then the stairs just disappear back into the set. I uh, I just I'm so blown away by everything I saw. I can't recommend it enough. If you have any interest in going to see Phantom of the Opera, now I have to ask you. You know, we both have been crying today. Yeah. With that one eight hundred Logic Suicide song, did you cry? I did. Actually, when this particular song was playing right now, the the theme yeah. song, when they played that, I did because I don't know if you remember this. But this song, this particular version of the Phantom, it was it charted in Canada. Oh, really? It was I, on I didn't the, know that. It was on the much. I think it actually might have gone to number one on the wow. Much Music Countdown back in the early 1990s. Mm. So I've always dug this song, and uh, when they Listen did it, to how high she's going here. Listen. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It is crazy. It, and then, especially when you see like the the woman playing that character mm. she's just so tiny you know yeah. like not uh, just the, i don't know I, I don't know the height but you just can't believe that these noises are coming out of human beings yeah. so yeah. uh i mean have you I, ever seen les mis i have not 
I saw it. Now, I love Phantom when I saw it okay. in the mid-90s or late-90s like you. Uh, and it was great. But Les Mis, wow. Like that, that I cried in Les Mis. Really? Fantastic story. Yeah. It, uh, it was just, I don't know. I don't go to a lot of live shows anymore, and yeah. uh, at least for, for concerts, I think. Uh, but I, I really do anything that I can go see at the Centennial Concert mm. Hall. It's such a spectacular place. Not a bad seat in that place. No. Yeah. No, we were uh, like in the fifth row. Mm. It was cool. So uh, Phantom of the Opera is awesome. You should check it out. Do we have a winner, Jeff? Oh, we sure do. It is Jeff Doviak. Jeff Doviak, congratulations. He was able to... Here, I'll play the clip again. Well, Gail, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki Syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. What movie is that from? It's from Die Hard. Is it really? It is. It's news anchor Harvey Johnson. Look, Sam, I tell you what. You don't want to give me a truck? I'll go and I'll steal a truck. Hey, give us a break, Thornburg. Eat it, Harvey. Four, three, (laughs) two... One. Such a dope. <laughs> Good evening. This is Harvey Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, the, it was a very loose tie into, like I said, it had yeah, to do with right. Sweden. Uh, so Jeff Doviak wins the tickets for WSO Arrival from Sweden, the music of ABBA, playing September 22nd to the 24th at the cool. Centennial Concert Hall. We're going to check traffic, weather, and hear from Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham to find out what's coming up on the news starting in two minutes. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling and sliding into the studio right now is one Richard Cloutier to tell us what's coming up on the news from 4 until 7. It's a busy afternoon. Uh, We've been talking about this Highway 16 at the Trans-Canada Highway. And I remember years ago, guys, that the politicians got together and started talking about an intersection there. Well, this was back in 2006, 2007. Promises were made to build an interchange there. And, of course, you can't blame an interchange for the fatalities because there's driver error in many collisions. But in this case, promises were made, promises not kept. More on that story coming up. We're going to talk uh, to some Winnipeggers or Winnipeg Connections in Houston. Remember, Glenn January used to play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. His mother is in Houston. We'll talk to his mother coming up. And uh, he is a young chef who rocks Houston. And he grew up and attended uh, Sisler High School. So we're trying to track him down in Houston. And now Harvey uh, threatening to batter Louisiana. And those folks have had it enough. So we've got full global national team coverage coming up on those stories and others. All right, Richard Cloutier, thank you very much, sir. Richard and Julie Buckingham have the news from 4 until 7 on 680 CJOB. And then the Bomber Coaches Show at 7 o'clock. Labor Day Classic this week, so that's going to be a good one. They're doing it live, by the way, from Southwood Golf Course, where the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Golf Tournament is happening. That's where Greg Mackling is today. He will be back tomorrow. And uh, we just got a couple of minutes left here, Hal. Well, I was just going to say, too, you mentioned a Labor Day Classic, Labor Day Classic, and then the Banjo Bowl here, right? Yep. So, I mean, we have an opportunity here, although the writers have been playing better. Uh, we have an opportunity, I think, here to win both of those games and uh, be 9-2. and two. They, um, they, the Banjo Bowl's on Saturday now, right? Uh, I, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think what day of the week it is. I'm not sure. I'm just going to double check, but I because th- it used to be on Saturday, and now I think they moved it, or it used to be Sunday, pardon me, and then they moved it to Saturday. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, hang on a second here. Saturday, September 9th, yes. Yeah, so they I think they moved it to Saturday to make it more of a, mm. like a weekend party, right, and to encourage people from yeah. Saskatchewan to come. So well, I love how it all started, right? It all started with one particular player, we know who he was, making the comment, right? Yeah. And it just, it's grown into this big deal now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's huge. No, it's great. Uh, it's great rivalry, a friendly rivalry. And everybody, I mean, we, we even have one in our midst here and the 680 CJOB newsroom, Clay Young, always mm-hmm. going on about, yeah. he posted uh, when the Riders won uh, against Edmonton on Friday night, he, Clay, Clay had like seven posts about the Riders on his Facebook page. <laughs> I think I even commented and I said, geez, man, seven posts in one night, like yeah. give it a rest. I was at a garage sale at the lake. And I found an old license plate thing for the riders. Mm -hmm. It was like 50 cents and I bought it for him because I knew he'd, you know, get a (laughs) kick out of it, right? (laughs) Anyhow, yeah, Clay likes his riders. There are rider fans. Everywhere. Yeah. Do you think that's because of the, like, just transplanted Yeah, I guess. Well, plus, you know, the proximity, they're close, right? Not that far down the road. And let's face it, you know, they do have great fans. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do. You know, even when the team's not playing all that well, those fans are passionate. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, I give them full. I Listen, I love beating the Riders. I've been known in, you know, my radio days to pull some pretty good pranks on, you know, people in Regina that support the Riders. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I appreciate fans that are into their team. Sure. Yeah. That's it, all right. All right. Well, so, again, coaches show 7 o'clock tonight. Charles Adler tonight. At 9 o'clock on 680 CJOB, and then tomorrow, Mackling and McGarry back together again. Hey, I think thanks it's for this. Weeks. This has been fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me, Hal. It's been a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor to work with a 34th greatest Canadian of all time. Thanks to Jeff Forte <laughs> in Master Control, and thank you for listening to 680 CJOB.